Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Well, today, my friends, uh, I've got a couple things lined up for us here on the show. Um, number one, I'm going to go through an article that I think is rather interesting uh, and cover it. And then we're going to go to the mailbag, because I've gotten a pretty large accumulation of emails lately that uh, are pretty deep questions that I really would rather just discuss openly on the radio than to write, you know, a four-page dissertation to somebody. Um, but if you've got questions, it's, it's fine to get them to me. If they're easy, short ones, I'll give you a quick answer. If not, then I will hold them off for the radio. But I'm going to get these questions that everybody asked me down uh, today. So if you want to call in with a question, or uh, if you like, you can email me at askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. Askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. And I can get your... Um, your email and maybe get it on the, the radio show today that way if you prefer. Um, don't worry about your name or whatever. I don't like to use people's names. Uh, don't think it's necessary. Um, don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> it's funny how people look at you crazy if you know or think you're crazy if you're out there trying to improve yourself. They don't like it. Which brings me to the article that, that I read here today I thought was pretty interesting. And it, the basic statement of the article, and let's see, this is out of success.com. Give credit where credit due. Basically, the article says this. It is important to remember that we don't always get what we want, but we always get what we choose. Wow, what a basic statement, but so true. You know, I've always said you can have anything in life you want, but you can't have everything in life you want. So it reminds me of a story of a guy uh, comes in, 21 years of age, sits down at the piano in a concert hall, and plays the most beautiful music ever played before uh, in his life. And some guy comes up to him and says, uh, man, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. I would give up everything to be able to play that way. And the guy said, I did. That's exactly what I did. So, you hear this stuff like, you know, Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, but Michael Jordan couldn't even start when he was a freshman in high school. But he spent his entire life perfecting his craft. There's this old saying that, man, I don't, gosh, I, I said old saying, that's just a colloquialism. That's actually it's just a saying that's really pretty recent, I think, that or at least that I became aware of it, which says that, um, we spend 10,000 hours becoming excellent in just a minute. Success comes to you at the end of the 10,000 hours. And when you make a choice of what you're going to spend those 10,000 hours on, that's the choice that this article is talking about. What will you choose to do? 
you know, when I was a young kid, I was 200 pounds in fourth grade. I spent my 10,000 hours becoming a competitive bodybuilder. That's was my choice. I chose to get through school, but not to make school the most important thing in my life. That was a choice. I've had to live with both of those choices. Um, the result of those choices, the outcome of those choices. Um, I had a couple bad relationships when I was young. Uh, ineffective relationships, in one case, and just downright bad choice of people, the second relationship. And so I had to live with those choices. I didn't spend the 10,000 hours to figure out exactly what the perfect woman was and to build the perfect relationship. Hence, I failed in two relationships. This last relationship, I've been with her 11 years, and I spend 10,000 hours trying to keep this thing, you know, on the track. It's a full-time job to have a strong relationship with another person on this earth. So you ask yourself, what do you spend your time? What do you spend your money on? What do you put your attention to? And then the article goes on and makes a secondary statement. Secondary statement says that successful people compared to not successful people, insuccessful, unsuccessful people, there there's got to be a combination of words that work. I think it's unsuccessful people as compared to successful people make bad choices. Unsuccessful people choose failure. Successful people make good choices and they choose to succeed. Now, that's got to be very annoying if you're sitting there right now and your life's kind of a mess. But why is your life a mess? Is your life a mess because you picked the wrong spouse? You have a terrible relationship. You have a terrible home life. Is your life a mess because you picked the wrong career? It's not working out for you, not getting you where you want to be. Is it a mess because you're a spendaholic and you're always broke, always in debt? You know, what is it? Is it is your life a mess because you're 200 pounds overweight, 100 pounds overweight, 50 pounds overweight? You smoke, you drink in excess. You know, what is it that has your life in a mess? Now let's take it one step further. The real challenge is not to realize that you're a complete screw up. I think there's many of you out there, you look at yourselves and you get it. Now I'd like to be a motivational speaker and tell you that you could change all that. Um, but I don't believe in motivation. I believe motivation comes from the outside and it's like taking a bath. It does some good, but it doesn't last. I think instead what you need is inspiration. You need to be able to look at somebody that has a different life than you do and go, wow, that's where I would like to be. That person inspires me to do more, to be more, to have more, to give more. That's the way I see it. And so if you're a complete failure, and I don't like that, even that term, as I sit here and think about that, nobody's a complete failure. You might be a really nice person financially broke, fat, overweight, smoking, drinking fool, and you might be a nice person. You've succeeded in letting the world walk all over you and drop, you know what, bombs on your head. But man, you're so nice about it. So there's a choice. My choice is to be so compliant with the world that I don't rub anybody wrong. How many of you out there are that way? I was never compliant. 
As a kid, I was always the problematic kid in in the schoolroom. I didn't see having a piece of paper called a college degree as being anything of value when it came to getting rich. School doesn't teach you how to become wealthy, financially successful. All it teaches you is how to get a job and live in a cubicle to act the way the people that have power over you want you to act. School is about compliance. And if you learn to be a well-compliant person, then you too can have a job and own your own cubicle. If you want to be self-employed, just own your own cubicle. Still working, still struggling. Here's what you do. While you're there with a nice, secure job, keep working, save some money, reduce your cost of living, and invest it wisely and grow your passive income. You never risk losing or not having a job, and if you do, that's going to happen. You can't control that. But don't cut off your nose despite your face. You can build your passive streams of income on a slow, step-by-step basis. And it doesn't even have to be slow if you've already got money. I just said slow as in you don't have to give up a safe, secure job to go do real estate. Real estate is done without doing it. It doesn't take a lot of time. And if your real estate is taking a lot of time, you're not doing it right. Bottom line, the choice you made to leave a good, secure job to go be a real estate agent, purely commissioned, to be a wholesale flipper guy, you know, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, risky, and not very... I don't want to say lucrative because I know some people make money doing it, but most people don't. It's not a, a highly succeeded position in life. The next one this guy brings up along the same line says, is I'm willing to give up immediate gratification for personal growth. I agree with that one. That makes sense. Let's, let's think about it from a couple different angles, see if we can poke holes in it. I'm willing to give up the immediate gratification of having a bunch of apartment complexes that made me money for the potential growth of buying something larger and nicer, better, uh, easier to manage. So I started with houses, then I went to duplexes and fourplexes. Then I forced myself to move up into small apartment complexes, 20s, 30s, 40s. Uh, Then I jumped into 60s and 80s and hundreds. And so each time as I would jump up a level, I would let some of this stuff on the bottom of the portfolio go. And I always told myself, for me to be willing to take and let something go and buy something else, for it to be worth doing something different, taking that new risk, there had to either be a much larger financial opportunity in front of me. In other words, I would buy something I could make $5,000 a month with if that were more than I had something else only earning me 500 or $1,000 a month, I'd be willing to give up the 500 or 1,000 to go make 5,000. And the other one was, I'm willing to give up safe, secure investments on the bottom of my portfolio to buy something larger, better, newer, easier to operate, more leverageable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The last deal I just closed was a Class A apartment complex all by myself. Not too many people own a Class A apartment. Even all the people on the internet spouting about how smart they are, how successful they are as real estate investors. All they really are is syndicators. They're out there using other people's money to buy stuff. They don't buy anything. 
they make money off other people's money. They don't make money off their money, so they're not really investors. They're syndicators. They're making money as fees off of other people's money. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. We have syndicators in our group. That's not the point. The point is, would you be willing to give up something, simply something that gives you gratification today for personal growth? And the answer is, I think so. But I'm not willing to give up financial security, which was the the first one they stated. I'm not willing to give up financial security. Rule number one in my book is don't lose money. Rule number two is there's got to be enough cash flow to survive. And rule number three is you can't get rich slow. So rule one would say, no, I can't give up financial security for today's potential, for tomorrow's potential. Number two, though, I am willing to grow and grow my cash flow. But rule number three is, I've got to find something that makes a gigantic bang because you can't get rich slow. When we come back, we'll talk more about those, finish up this article, and then open up the mailbag. We'll be right back with your questions and the rest of this article on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life changing principles in just a few minutes. So, when I say be ready, number one, to get ready, you better join up Lifestyles Unlimited and learn all these things we're talking about. If you're out there piddling and, you know, internet information and your buddy's information or your dad's information, it's not going to get you the results that we're talking about. You're going to have to be educated in what we're doing. Learn from the people that are already where you want to be. Join us for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're going over this article, which basically suggests that um, you are accumulation of your choices in life. And I agree with that. They made five points. We've done two of them so far. The next one is, I'm willing to give up a fast life for a good life. I didn't really understand that. I read their explanation of it. Here's what I think it means. And if it means what I think it means, then I agree with it. And that is, the fast life is trying to keep up with the Joneses. I got to have this, I got to have that, I got to have a faster car, a newer car, a better house, a newer house, a bigger house, better clothes, a Rolex watch. You need all this stuff in life and you're constantly moving as fast as you can to get to it. That's not the good life. The other thing is that I equate to this statement is that you know people who let everybody else dictate to them what they want to do. One of the hardest words I've found Funny, even my mentors have a hard time with this word. It's just, you know, they're highly successful multimillionaires, and they find it hard to say no. One of my most exclusive expertises is to simply say no. And there's no need for an explanation. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to meet you there. I don't want to do this with you. I don't want to do that with you. No. What does that do for me? Being able to say, no, I don't need a new car. No, you can't sell me stuff I don't need. No, you can't tell me what to do and where to go allows me to live a good life. I live a comfortable life where I can do what I want, when I want, with whomever I want. And of course, you have to have financial freedom to be able to do that. There's no doubt about that. But even if you have financial freedom, some people still just get run around 
and run through the ringer over and over and over again because they're not willing to give up the fast life of trying to make everybody in the world happy to impress other people as opposed to just making themselves happy. Number four, I'm willing to give up security for significance and never is that true. I will never give up security for significance. Now, I crave significance. I think it's very important in life once you have created security to become significant. But I wouldn't give up security for significance. Maslow had a hierarchical pyramid concept that the first thing you worry about, you know, is air. And if you don't have any air, nothing else matters. And then after that, it's water. And if you don't have any water, nothing else matters. And then it's food. So it's food and water. And then it's food, water, and shelter, right? S- security. Then after that, it's food, water, shelter, and a mate, a family, a group of people to belong to something. And then the next level is to step outside of that group and have significance above and beyond the group. That's the highest pinnacle of success in life, is to have contributed in some way in this world that you are a significant part of the world. But man, don't go out there and starve yourself to be significant. The old adage, the starving artist, is a lie. You don't have to be a starving artist to be an artist. You just have to decide to be an artist and you have to work around getting there. I don't agree with that one. Rule one, never lose money. Number five, I'm willing to give up addition for multiplication. And I do agree with this concept that he brings up here. And that is, when you first start out in life, you are trying to do something to be worth something. And you spend your time earning money. So do earn, do earn, do earn, do earn. You try to do more to earn more. You try to do better to earn more. But at some point in life, you're going to realize that as long as you're doing it, there's never enough time and you're never going to be good enough to make enough money. I don't care what it is, even if it's something like being a a musician. You can't be a musician without a studio, without a band, without people to move your stuff. I mean, you just put your stuff, your, you, you put your guitar in a box and go stand down in the corner and play, you're not going anywhere, no matter how good you are. Somebody has to promote you. Somebody has to arrange for this stuff to happen. Well, the same thing is true in business. You're going to go out there and take care of your rent houses by yourself, then you're going to have a limited amount of rent houses. I have staff. I started by myself very quickly when I got up to like 40 houses, realized I need a full-time maintenance guy. And so I hired a full-time maintenance guy for my houses. Then when I had over 100 houses, you know, I had a full-time maintenance guy and a truck for him to drive because I needed him to be on call and I needed tools and equipment to be with him everywhere he went. So you see very quickly When you move through this, like when I went to apartments, I had a manager and a maintenance man. Then I had a manager, a maintenance man, and an assistant maintenance man, a porter, a maid, landscape crews, pool companies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just taking care of my personal residence. I have like six or seven different companies that I have to deal with just to maintain all the stuff. You say, well, get rid of the house. 
Exactly. I couldn't have this house if it was all about me. I have to get rid of one, give up addition to create and obtain multiplication. I want to multiply my efforts, multiply my knowledge, multiply my credit, multiply my cash and investments so that they grow. So they grow much larger and much faster than I could ever produce by myself. So I think it's a pretty interesting little article. I think there's uh, something to be learned there. And I'm going to go to the mailbag here and uh, go through some of these if we can get through them in this segment and the last segment because uh, some of these are pretty good. It says, hi, Dell. My name is X. I just started listening to broadcasts as recommended by a friend. A little about myself. I currently have a mortgage along Medicare. This guy's a poor writer. House insurance, et cetera, et cetera. So expenses run around 4000 a month. After listening to your radio show, I was intrigued with the subject matter regarding passive income. I currently have about 30000 cash sitting idle. I don't see paying off my mortgage as a good idea. Hey, it absolutely is not. Thank you for being that smart. Smart enough to realize that. Any ideas how to, how to obtain a property with mortgage already at hand? Living in the Bay Area makes almost makes that almost impossible. Okay, couple things in this question here. Number one, when you go to get a mortgage for a rent house, already owning a home doesn't take that possibility away from you because you're going to add the income from the rent house to your personal income. Most people think when they go to get a mortgage for their personal rent, they go, okay, you can qualify for this larger loan because they're looking at their debt-to-income ratio and saying that's the most mortgage payment we can put in your debt-to-income ratio and not bust the number. But when you go buy investment properties, the income is there along with the payment. So the income covers the payment plus positive cash flow to you. So it doesn't hurt your income situation. It improves your income situation unless you do it wrong. How many people that don't take lifestyles programs do it wrong? Probably 90% of you out there that haven't taken a course. as good as the one that we offer. And that's no brag. That's just a fact. You get it wrong. I've never had a person come to the two-day walkout and go, I knew everything you said. I've had people come out and go, I've done this for many, many years, and you confirmed a lot of my beliefs, but man, I also picked up quite a few things I'm going to take back and add to my practices or change my practices. But if you do it wrong, you're going to miss benefits. Secondly, we have members in the Bay Area. We have hundreds of members in California, if not thousands. And they're buying real estate all the time. Not that much in California, but in Phoenix, or in Arizona, Texas, and all other states of the union. There's no reason you have to buy a rental property where you live, because you don't have to work in your business. Uh, we've got the mailbag open, but we do have someone holding online through the break, so let's go to Bill in Denver. Bill, welcome to the show. Uh, hey, uh, I'm trying to... Um get a deal put together to build five townhomes slash condos here in Denver. I sold a multifamily property, rolled my money over into this possible development. There's a duplex on there right now, but I'm having troubles trying to conforming to a lot of these banks 
I didn't know, you know, they want 10%. I didn't know if uh, if there was any other way on how to try to get around that. I'm looking at trying to pre-sell two units and retain three for income. I'm conflicted on the question, though, Bill. Let me share with you why I'm so conflicted. Uh, I don't like condos. I've never liked them. The only money I've ever seen lost in real estate was on condos. Condos are not real estate. They're air. They're a multifamily environment that is owned in single-family version. Now, you as a builder, are you trying, I'm assuming you're trying to make your money off of building them. Is that, that's what's happening? I'm going to build them, you know, the the real estate market here in uh, Denver here is pretty lucrative. And, uh, you know, these would, they, they would have party wall agreements. I would probably liquidate two and then retain three just for yeah. rental income. Bill, I don't like it, Bill. It's not an investment. It's a construction deal. It's a business deal. Uh, and I understand Colorado and Denver specifically is very hot right now. I get that. So don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to neg you out. I'm just telling you I don't like the deal. I wouldn't invest. Uh, simplest way to solve that problem, though, Bill, is um, you just get somebody who's got a high net worth balance sheet to be a KP with you. Um, okay. The problem is yeah. to do that, you got to get somebody who actually likes that investment, likes that that business. That's the easiest sure. way to do it. Then I don't tell you that. You go do it, and, and then the world ends next year. <laughs> you know, everything I read right now is the economy's going to crash, the stock market's crashing, real estate is crashing. I mean, everything I read is negative. And being out there with something that you've built or, you know, you've got a stick-built project with nobody to sell it to could be a, could be the end of your, your investment career. You know? Sure. I wholeheartedly hear you, you know, because I originally sold my seven unit, which I'd owned in the 90s to buy a, a brand-new construction 15-unit apartment building next to the light rail, but the builder couldn't. He They didn't vet the builder. He took some shortcuts two years into this deal, and uh, the apartment complex there still doesn't have a CO from the city. I've seen a lot of people go down on construction, Bill. <laughs> Just, I, I don't do it myself. Yeah. It's not my expertise. I like stuff okay. that I know. It's already there. It's built, and it cash flows. That's, you know, rule one, don't flow. lose money. Rule one, don't lose money, yeah. Bill. Rule two, there's got to be cash flow. There's got to yeah. be a way to make some money off of it, or I, I'm not going to get into it. And then rule three is you can't get rich slow, which means sometimes a big construction or for for me the closest thing to what you do is i'll buy something that's in bad repair and, and make it nice again fix it all back up rebuild it you know that type of thing but good luck on your project and uh, like i said the key principle is the easiest way to solve that problem uh to get around it okay all I right thank you it. sir thank you okay this next question is too long for a minute we can't get to that let me see if i have a short question here renters kids destroyed my backyard i want to kick them out and you know should i kick them out now and should I get somebody else to manage the property? Hey, look, if you screen the people, the tenant correctly before you put them in there, then you shouldn't have a problem. If they're paying you on time, you shouldn't have a problem. If they've destroyed the grass in your yard, then you can get them to pay for it when they leave, or you can sue them for it, one of the two. But the bottom line is, if they're paying tenant and they've already done the damage, it makes no sense to kick them out. All right, have a wonderful day. Remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. We'll see you tomorrow.
for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past your podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.